Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I, I, uh, are we going to make it? Is there going to be a nuclear war? Man, I'll tell you what, Putin, Putin's talking about it, and um, I'm listening. I am listening. I'm not going to blow this off. I'm not going to say, oh, we're going to be all right. You know what? Who the hell knows what's going to happen? This guy is desperate, caged animal, uh, liable to do anything. Who the hell knows? So he threatened to use tactical nuclear weapons if he doesn't get his way in Ukraine. Do me a favor. See what you can do about putting that together because it's kind of a big deal. Vladimir Putin, our enemy, no doubt about it, emboldened by Joe Biden's defeat in Afghanistan, is making all kinds of noise about using nuclear weapons in Ukraine. And if that happens, well, I don't think anything will ever be the same. Who the what what could happen? I don't want to think about it, but I will tell you this. And I don't want to alarm anybody, but I'm going to stock up on water. I'm going to do you remember when the Department of Homeland Security was new? You know, in 2002, 2003, 2004, uh what did they tell us to do? They told us to get ready, right? Have some duct tape around, have some supplies. Um, Look, if there is a cyber war, forget nuclear war. If there is a full-on cyber war, we could be in the dark for a long time. We may not be able to get any cash out of the ATMs. Uh, We might, you know, the banking system, everybody's savings wiped out. Right. I know we have protections against this stuff and we have backup systems and whatnot, but I'm not impressed with anything, quite frankly, the government has been doing lately. And I don't know if I'm going to just rely on them to take care of me. I think we should get ready. Vladimir Putin is making noise about nuclear conflict, nuclear warfare. I don't even think Leonid Brezhnev did that. They always talked around it. They're actually talking about using nuclear weapons over Ukraine? Come on. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy some... I'm going to, well, buy some cash. I'm going to get some, I'm going to put some cash in some strategic places that I only I know about. You got to have that around. What else do you have to have around? You have to have extra food and water. Uh, again, I'm not getting ready for a nuclear war. Hey, I live in the middle of New York City. If there's a nuclear war, we're gone. Okay, it'll be over in about uh, a millionth of a second. Boom, they'll be vaporized. Even if you live uh, way, uh, way upstate, you too, we're all going down. It's, it'll be over quick. Look, I don't think it's going to happen. However, a cyber warfare. Now, that could happen. And the results could be. There's also something called the electronic, I'm sorry, wait, the electromagnetic pulse bomb. Electromagnetic pulse bomb, an EMP. If they start throwing these things around, (laughs) so what is an EMP? If they detonated one of these bombs at, say, 50,000 feet over North Dakota, Every electrical gadget in the entire United States would be fried, would not be able to work. We'd all be around, 
It's kind of like a neutron bomb. It will not destroy property or people, but it will destroy – well, it will destroy property. It's going to fry all of our circuit breakers, okay? We'll have no electronics. We'll have no computers. It'll be back into the Stone Age like that. EMP, he's got one of those things. Putin does. And if he starts throwing it around, and if he uses one over Ukraine, well, that's going to affect almost all of Europe. So we got big problems here. I mean, I, I usually just, eh, you know, it's going to be okay. It is, oh, you know, I got to have faith, and I think the power of prayer works, and I think, I think some prayers for peace, and that Putin just calms down are highly in order. Because I was not impressed by Joe Biden today. I was not impressed. Um, he did not mangle too many words. I counted about a half dozen, but uh, you know, he, he kind of got through it. Um, let me know when you got the uh, Joe Biden thing. He just made the big speech. That's why there's so much traffic outside. I mean, a lot of traffic because Joe Biden came and made a speech. And what do they do? He yelled at Putin. You know, he just kind of. We've heard him say this before. He has no leverage now with Putin. He's called him a war criminal. He's called him a murderer. He's called him a dictator. He may be all those things. But there was something to it when Donald Trump had a decent relationship with him. And we all know, we all know in our head, we all know in our heart, we know in our gut that Putin would not have gone into Ukraine if Donald Trump were still president. And we would not have lost in spectacular fashion like we did in Afghanistan if Donald Trump were still president. Ukraine happened because we blew it in Afghanistan. You know this thing? Peace through strength. It's worked for a very long time, but now we have a weakling imbecile as president. I'm sorry it pains me to say that, especially now. I mean, I would like it to be somewhat normal. I don't want to worry about this stuff. You know, I worried about it, didn't you, a little bit in the 80s? We kind of worried about, you know, full-on nuclear combat with, with Russia, with the Soviet Union. It was in the air. It could happen. Well, now it's in the air, and it seems a lot less theoretical to me, actually. And not just a—I don't think there's going to be total war, but a couple of those EMPs and a full-on cyber war screwing up everybody's life for who knows how long, that could happen. And I do think you got to be ready. Uh, get some water, get some food, non-perishables, if you will. If you live in the suburbs, you probably already have that. If you live in the city, you got to think about that. I Don't go overboard, but um, there is a possibility. There really is. They say the grid will be affected. Does that, does that include the water supply? It just might. Uh, we gotta be, we gotta be prudent. We gotta be careful. I'm not trying to alarm anybody. I'm just telling you, this is what I'm doing. After what I heard Putin say today about nuclear war. Oh, what? Yeah. Ready? All right. Let's see it. This is Putin. Is it in Russian or English? English. All right. Uh, an interpreter. Let's go. I repeat, we're talking of a partial mobilization only. Only people in the military reserve will be drafted. The priority will be on people who served in the armed forces, who have military specialization and experience. Those drafted before being sent to the places of service will have mandatory additional training, relying on experience gained during the special military operation. The decree on partial mobilization has been signed. Well, the Russian. All right, well, I will grant you that. That was uh, some guy interpreting for Putin about reservists. Let's find the part where he talks about nuclear war. That's the part that alarms me. And um, hey, guys, how's it going? Just doing the radio here. All right. Um, 
the window cleaner came in. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, meanwhile, the man who could be bringing us all peace, who could be doing amazing things. What is he tied up with? Donald Trump, I'm talking about. Donald Trump has got to deal with this nuisance lawsuit from Latisha James. Latisha James. Uh, she is one dumb person. All right. How did she even get through law school? I wonder. So here she is uh, bringing charges. These are, I, I don't know that much about real estate. I know enough to know that this is a bogus case. Cut 52. I am announcing that today we are filing a lawsuit against Donald Trump for violating the law as part of his efforts to generate profits for himself, his family and his company. Oh, my word. Wow. Imagine somebody trying to generate profits for themselves and their company. If you say it like this, it sounds unspeakably evil, <laughs> doesn't it? What's next? Cut 53. The complaint demonstrates that Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. I'm kind of I want to maybe I should try this. Maybe I should just go around calling myself a billionaire and I go, I'm going to enrich myself. Is that how it works? I can just overestimate what I am worth and then somehow I can actually I don't know what he did wrong here. As a matter of fact, <laughs> they want to confuse people and they say it's 250 pages long. Well, there's one thing I actually do know about um, architecture somewhat. I have an amateurish an amateur's appreciation and knowledge, an interested amateur's appreciation and knowledge of architecture. And one of my favorite buildings in New York is 40 Wall Street, has been for a long time, was well before Trump owned the damn thing, all right? Uh, one of the reasons why I like it so much is if you are just across the street in the, um, in the Chase Manhattan Bank building, which is an amazing building, goes all the way back to 1960, and you go to the Manhattan restaurant, although I was there way before the Manhattan restaurant, you're, you're there and you look directly at this 40 Wall Street, which is a pre-war building all the way back to 1930. And it's amazing. It's just an amazing experience. It's right across from you. It's almost like it's alive. You're looking. It's almost like it's a great big dinosaur that you're staring at. It's so close and it's so tall and it's so massive. It's one of the tallest buildings in all of New York, 1.1 million square feet. So Letitia James is talking today, and she says, this building is worth, in 2010, it was worth $200 million. Donald Trump said, fraudulently, it was worth $500 million. Well, again, I don't know. I, I don't run in these circles. I don't buy and sell Manhattan office buildings, but I do know off the top of my head, that $200 million for 40 Wall Street is vastly, vastly, vastly undervalued. There's no way that building was only worth $200 million. Uh, in 2007, four years earlier, 666 Fifth Avenue sold for $1.7 billion. All right? Uh, about a third more square footage. But there's absolutely no way that building was only worth $200 million. And if some accountant at some bank came by and said this building is worth $200 million, they were wrong. They were absolutely wrong. And Trump was right. And 
I, I, I'll do this tonight. I'm going to show a whole bunch of buildings, some you've heard of, some you haven't heard of, some sold for more than 40 Wall Street, some sold for less, but right around there at that time. And this is, what did he say? You, by doing this, he's ripping off everybody, everybody. Cut 54. He did this with the help of the other defendants, his children, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Eric Trump. Wow. Uh, she spoke for two hours, but we only like to get little uh, little small tidbits, okay? All right. Um, she said regular people, regular people suffered, and the elites, the elites flourished you know, on, with the law, you know? Elites like Trump. But regular people like you and me, we, we – you know what, actually? You know who the regular people are? The Trumps. The Trumps are regular people. They may be very successful. They may be very famous, but they are private citizens. They were for their entire life. You know, Letitia James is the one who's always been in that special category, always saying, "Oh, I should be in charge of, uh, I should be in charge of this city council district. Elect me, vote for me." Here's a brochure about me. You know, most people, I'd be embarrassed to hand out a brochure about me. Politicians do it all the time. Vote for me. And they they put their their picture on the brochure. They put their picture in the commercial. They have video of them walking around, you know, look at me. Well, what do you have to offer? Not much. (laughs) Their ambition. That's what. So she's a, a, a nobody city council person, a nobody public advocate, and a nobody attorney general who ran on the platform of getting Trump. And this is her pathetic attempt to get Trump. It will not work. It's laughably stupid. Letitia James, you have embarrassed yourself even worse than when you tried to go after Cuomo and declared for governor two weeks later. Remember that? Remember that 30-minute campaign before somebody sat her down and said, sorry, Letitia, we need somebody who can read. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Lots of things going on in my personal life, in my personal and family life. Number one, first day of school for my baby daughter, Annalise. She is in the, uh, she's in nursery school right now, right now. Oh, I got a little picture of her. She's wearing a skirt. She's wearing a shoes. She's all dressed up for her first day of school. Wow. Now, she's only going for, you know, initially you go for a half day, right? She's got the afternoon session, and uh, oh, she doesn't look that happy. I was a little bit um, – I had mixed feelings about the first day of school as well. But uh, there she is, very, very proud of her. And um, uh, let's see, she's not even three years old yet and already going to school. Is that too early? I don't know. But uh, look, she's got an amazing vocabulary, and she's so bright, and it's really impressive. I know everybody says that about their uh, – their son or daughter, but uh, it's true. All right, the other thing, the other big, 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 big thing. Um, I am an author. I am a published author. Well, as of right now, you can order my book, my new book, which comes out in January. It's called Justice for All, Why the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Uh, It is available for pre-order. You can go to my Twitter. You can go to wherever books are sold. You can go to Amazon and and find this book. Now, I wrote this book for the cops, the cops who were maligned and attacked by the woke mob, the cops who they have attempted to delegitimize, but they are our best hope for freedom. All right. They have been so mistreated. 
by our society. I wrote this book for them, in defense of them. I want to get to the I get to the roots of how this all started and what we can do about it, and some glaring inconsistencies from the left. Uh, we count on these guys so much, and I also wrote it for the best and longest-serving police commissioner in New York City history, my father. Uh, I think he's going to like it a lot. Uh, Again, the book is called Justice for All, Why the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement by Greg Kelly. Wow, I am an author. You're going to be able to get my book in the library. Or the library, as Sonny would say. I am uh, very, very, I'm just, I'm very happy. I'm happy. Oh, my publisher is Simon & Schuster. Okay, I mean, (laughs) talk about a big league publisher. Um, I've got a great editor, Natasha. I'm working with this guy, Seth. It's all, it's a bit of a team effort. Um, and very interesting work. Very interesting work indeed. I think this is going to move the needle, all right? We need a book like this that cuts through all of this nonsense. I address January 6th as well in this book. We talk about Ashley Babbitt. I talk about how no, not all cops are great, by the way, all right? Those Capitol Hill cops somehow seem to think that fighting a riot was beneath them. They joined the Capitol Hill police thinking they would never have to do anything. I don't know what that's all about, but we talk about that. And we talk about heroes from all walks of life. I talk a little bit about my childhood growing up and the first time I ever saw my father use his own gun. It was pretty wild. We were going to Times Square store in Hempstead, and we, uh, my father saw a guy snatch a purse. And uh, we were all in the family car, and we went after him. It was one of the most amazing things. Uh, to this day, it's still like, wow. And cops do stuff like that every single day. You know, here I am. I'm still talking about something that happened to me in 1975. I can't get over it. Uh, I do remember this. He takes out his gun. He points it at the guy. Words are exchanged. Um, he runs and jumps over a fence. And then my dad comes back to the car. And I'm like, well, why didn't you go get him? And he said, because you were here. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that does make sense. And then I said, well, what were you talking to him about? What did he say? And he said, go ahead and shoot me. I have nothing to live for. It's like, wow, what a statement, huh? What a, what a, what a thing. It really made an impact on me. Like, and we get back to the store. We drive back to the store. My mother was in the store. And she comes out, police cars, there are about seven police cars. She sees me. And my brother crying, <laughs> my dad standing there talking to the police. It did not look good. Um, but anyway, it was just a purse snatching. And a few minutes later, we're all on our way home. And what really, one of the things that really impressed me about it, before we even got home, and we were only about 10 minutes from our house, uh, we stopped for milk at Dairy Barn on Grand Avenue. Uh, my dad was like done talking about it. You know, it was just like, you know, onto the Yankee game, you know, whatever. You know, just <laughs> do we want to get two milks, one milk? Do we want to get some fruit punch as well? It was because he did this all the time. It was, you know, to me, it was literally the adventure of a lifetime for him, uh, all in a day's work. So uh, there's a lot of stuff in here that I'm very proud of. Now, the only thing is it does not actually come out until January. All right, January. But this is what they call the pre-order phase. And you put it out there, and um, uh, I'd appreciate it, quite frankly, if you uh, clicked on it and bought it. Uh, that would be that would mean so much to me. What we want to do is get this baby on the bestseller list, you know, because I want to influence the national conversation about policing. You know, just like race, we have had a silly and phony conversation about race and policing in order to avoid a serious and uncomfortable conversation about these issues. All right. And this book can really help. I am, I am convinced. I wouldn't have wrote, written it otherwise. 
Um, and let's see here. So you can get it in January. You can pre-order now. Uh, go to at Greg Kelly USA or Amazon.com or all those places. One more time, the name of the book, Justice for All, Why the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And, oh, boy, are they ever wrong, huh? Um, pardon me. What do you guys think? I wrote a book. I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to get a pipe now and and get some new literary friends, right? I feel like this I feel I feel like this really elevates me. What do you think? Michael is in Riverdale. Hello Michael, are you impressed? Uh, yes, I am. I'm going to buy it and Thank you. It. Thank you. Um Greg regarding Letitia James, could you discuss the role of the rat Michael Cohn in the lawsuit and have you noticed he's disappeared in recent months probably leading up to the lawsuit? Well, I did hear her say that this case was started because of his public testimony before Congress. She said that today. She cited Michael Cohen as the person who got this thing underway. Now, I don't believe her, by the way. She made it quite clear that she was going to take Trump out, do whatever it could. Remember, I'm going to sue his ass. All that nonsense she was saying during the campaign. Why do you ask? Um. I'm wondering when Trump's going to go on the offensive a little bit more, uh, specifically regarding the damage that Michael Cohen has done. Well, don't don't forget, he has been on the offensive. You know, he's been waging his own lawsuits. They don't get covered, right? Because it's Trump, and they want to obscure everything he's doing. So don't worry. He's got this under control. Michael, thank you. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so you know that... Uh, the state attorney general, the pathetic Letitia James, is suing Trump, his children, and family uh, company on fraud charges. It is a sham, sham case. And this is not the first time she's done it. Remember when she went after the charity? I'll talk about that in a second. But I have this right now from President Trump, uh, a statement, and uh, let's read it. Uh, another witch hunt. Ooh. Oh, this is better than I thought. You ready? Another witch hunt by a racist attorney general, Letitia James, who failed in her run for governor, getting almost zero support from the public and is now doing poorly against law and order AG candidate, the highly respected Michael Henry. I never thought this case would be brought until I saw her really bad poll numbers. She is a fraud who campaigned on a get Trump platform. She absolutely did, by the way, despite the fact that the city is one of the crime and murder disasters of the world under her watch. Attorney General Attorney General Letitia Peekaboo James. Now, why does he call her Peekaboo? <laughs> What's Let, Attorney General Letitia Peekaboo James? My, my theory, actually, I do this sometimes, too, on Twitter. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It just sounds good. It just looks good. It's just, and it gets people wondering, like, wait, what is What's going on with that? I do that sometimes. Attorney General Letitia Peekaboo James. Okay, Peekaboo. A total crime-fighting disaster in New York is spending all of her time fighting for very powerful and well-represented banks and insurance companies who were fully paid, made a lot of money, and never had a complaint about me. Instead of fighting murder and violent crime, which is killing New York State, she is a failed AG whose lack of talent in the fight against crime is causing record numbers of people and companies to flee New York. (laughs) Bye-bye. He has gone to Florida. Uh, this is a great statement. Uh, she, oh man, that's devastating. She's right. She does lack talent. She's no good. Hey, in a couple of minutes, by the way, let me just look outside. We're expecting Joe Biden to drive right by my window 
as he comes from the United Nations. Do you remember when he did this last time? When was that? Last what was that? Like February or something like that? I yelled my head off. I did a I gave him a let's go branded. <laughs> Unfortunately, the glass was too thick. I'm not sure if he heard me. But I certainly, I'm, I may go outside, and I got a great big Let's Go Brandon. Well, it's not that big. Should it be bigger? I need thicker magic marker. I'm going to do up a new Let's Go Brandon thing. And he should see it. Like If I'm right there on the corner, he's going to see it, and he's going to see me. Oh, I can't pass this up. I can't pass this up to wish him from the bottom of my heart can, to wish Brandon all the best. Okay. All right, we're going to make that happen. Um, what else? Oh, uh, what did he just do? He made a – well, the only thing is he didn't stutter or lose his place too much. He just was passable at the United Nations. Hey, before we do that, though, let's hear Vladimir Putin. This is stuff he's saying. He's serious. He means business. He says he's not bluffing. He's going to do who knows what. Go ahead. I want to remind those who allow themselves such statements about Russia that our country also has a variety of weapons of destruction. And if the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we will, without question, use all the means at our disposal to protect Russia and our people. This is not a bluff. Uh, well, he's got my attention. Um, he does. Let's talk about Ukraine for a moment, huh? Hmm. Hmm. Is all this worth it? Is all this worth it? You know, I'm surrounded by people sometimes who have done, I don't know what it is with Ukraine, but I meet people all the time who have done all kinds of business over in Ukraine. And they tell me all about, you know, Ukraine's side of this. And I am for Ukraine. I don't think a small country should invade be invaded by a big country right next door. But as far as invasions go, I can kind of get my hands around this one. You know what I mean? A big country that used to be the same country with another country wants to be the same country again. I mean, I can understand that. I have a harder time understanding of loading up uh, 200,000 guys, sending them halfway around the world, to invade another country that didn't attack us, that didn't have weapons of mass destruction. That that actually kind of really boggles the mind. But a country that wants to take over the country right next door, I don't like it. I wish it wouldn't happen. I wish we didn't need militaries, but we, we, we do because we have horrible things like this happen. And there is such a thing that's a doctrine. I don't know who coined the phrase, but peace through strength. And right now we have a very weak leader. We have a woke Pentagon uh, talking more about diversity and white supremacy than they are about taking on China and Russia. And you think, well, no, 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 they can do more than one thing at the same time. Not really. You'd be surprised. When the boss wants all the troops trained in uh, anti-white suppression, anti-white supremacy tactics and techniques, that takes up time. When you got to talk, sit around and talk about woke stuff. And racial sensitivity, that takes time. There are only so many hours in the day, and we're clogging the military with this nonsense. We have become weak, big time. Everybody can see it. And Joe Biden, he's physically weak. He's mentally weak. Um, America now is strategically weak. We have a leader who seems to be compromised. Uh, 
with Ukraine, with China, who knows what domestically, his brothers, his son, all that stuff. It's ugly, ugly and dirty. Yet somehow, to show you how corrupt the whole damn system is, how is it that this guy, Joe Biden, isn't being sued by some attorney general, huh? How is it that he can get away with that? Talk about the elites. Talk about the regular people, not, oh, goodness gracious. Hey, Eric Adams is totally seduced by any opportunity to get on television he will take. And, you know, the media are basically stupid, right, as a group. There are some exceptions individually or whatever, this network, that newspaper. But overall, they're just dumb, and they're always going in the wrong direction, and they're always focused on the wrong thing. And what do they, what do they focus on right now? Border security? No. Fentanyl coming in from the southern border? No. Uh, the death of innocent migrants at the hands of ruthless coyotes uh, suffocating to death in the back of trucks? No. Uh, what else? Um, what are they focused on? Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> A couple of dozen migrants showing up in Martha's Vineyard, courtesy of Ron DeSantis and Delaware. You should have seen all the cameras that were at some airport in Delaware. Uh, there were, You know who we have in... At the Texas border, we got Bill Malugin of Fox News, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> There's one guy, and nobody else. Can. It's another thing about that 60 Minutes interview. I don't think he had one question about the border. One question about the poorest border. Hey, wait. I mean, maybe they did they do they really think it worked when they had what did Kamala Harris do? What was her big advice? Did it, did they think this worked? Cut 35, please. Cut 35. I want to be clear. To folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border, do not come. Do not come. Hey, problem solved, right? Reminder, Joe Biden made this happen. Not just with this one statement, but his policies, right? His policies, his very policies. He is making good on what he promised. In March of 2019, I think this is right around the time that Hunter was dropping off that laptop, wasn't it? Cut 32, please. What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. Obviously horrible advice. He doesn't want a border. His globalist masters want the free, cheap labor or the cheap labor. And his Democrat masters, Obama, uh, what's the other one's name? Susan Rice. They want the votes. They want the votes. How about all those horrors that are happening there? I mentioned the people dying in the trucks. Every day there are drownings, horrible drownings all the time. Not a peep about it in the mainstream media. Ron DeSantis is so right. Man, this guy is on it. On it, on it, on it. Listen to this. Cut 30. When Biden is flying these people all over the fruited plain in the middle of the night, I didn't hear a peep out of those people. Okay? I didn't hear a peep. I haven't heard a peep about all the people that have been told by Biden you can just come in and they're going, they're being abused by the cartels, they're drowning in the Rio Grande. You had 50 that died in some shed in Texas. I heard no outrage about any of that. Uh, I haven't heard outrage about all the fentanyl that's come across the border that's killing Americans in record numbers. I don't hear... 
I don't hear outrage about the criminal aliens that have gotten through and have then victimized people, not only in Florida, but all throughout the country. I don't hear any outrage about that. The only thing I hear them getting upset about is you have 50 that end up in Martha's Vineyard. Then they get really upset. Wow. He's totally, totally right. Good for him. Hey, by the way, I, I keep getting these calls. Myrna, I'm sorry I missed your call. But everyone, now they're telling me Verizon on Long Island is dropping my show. You turn on my show at 10 o'clock, and then you watch it, you watch it, and then all of a sudden it goes to a commercial or it goes to black or something weird happens. Something's going on. Stop screwing around. i got to come out there myself and straighten things out. What's going on? Why are they messing with my show? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> Maybe that's it. All right, as we wait for Joe Biden, did he do anything? I mean, as far as Biden's speeches go, it wasn't a total disaster, all right? So here he is at the United Nations. Uh, give me something. Yeah? I thought you guys had a whole bunch of noise from his uh, big speech this morning. Go ahead. With partners in the Americas, Africa, Europe, and the Middle East, and the Indo-Pacific, we're working to build a new economic ecosystem uh, where every nation Every nation gets a fair shot. Oh, brother. And economic growth is resilient, sustainable, and shared. That's why the United States is champion for global minimum tax. And we will work to see it implemented so major corporations pay their fair share everywhere. A everywhere. Does anybody know anything about a global minimum tax? I don't know about this global stuff. A global minimum tax. You know, a lot of companies, they go to Ireland because... They don't want to pay taxes. Uh, Is Joe a responsible steward of our money? He's not. Liberals are not. They'll spend money on anything. You hear about these $30 vouchers they're giving kids for for iPads? The kids are already good digitally, all right? They're already hooked up. They don't need that. uh, No, I don't try. Well, let me me give me one more from today. Did Did he get angry about Putin? Whatever you got. Just today. President Putin has made overt nuclear threats against Europe and a reckless disregard for the responsibilities of the non-proliferation regime. Now, Russia is calling, calling up more soldiers to join the fight. And the Kremlin is organizing a sham referenda to try to annex parts of Ukraine, an extremely <clears throat> significant violation of the U.N. Charter. Too bad you don't have the um, you don't have the status, you don't have the ability, you don't have the stature to call him up on the phone and say, "Stop doing this." You could have a long time ago. You, you, Joe Biden, gave him a green light. Anybody remember that? They asked him, "What do you think he's going to do?" I don't know what he's going to do. He's my guess is he's going to probably invade. He's got to do something. What? Hey, whatever happened to? If Rocket Man messes with a missile, he will see fire and fury like no one else has ever seen. That stuff works. That stuff, there's a time and a place for it. And in that moment of truth, when Joe Biden, you know, the president, every moment, every moment counts, okay? We got to wait around until he has a good day. Well, what about all the other days? We need somebody good, somebody on it all the time. And he's not, and he's not. And, folks, again, I am concerned. I'm concerned about this Putin thing. I'm not going to dismiss it, all right? 
you should do a couple of things. Uh, make sure you've got a radio that works that's independent of, uh, you know, the battery-operated radio. You're going to need one of those. You're going to need water, bottled water. You're going to need non-perishable foods. I, I, I'm not trying to alarm anybody. I'm just telling you what I am doing. All right, what I am going to do over the next few days, I am going to stock up on bottled water. I am worried about a full-on cyber uh, attack. And if it doesn't happen this time, it may happen sometime. All right, so it's something to think about. Let me just go to Frank in Yonkers real quick. Yes, Frank. Yeah, hi, hi. how are you doing? You know, I just, on the Putin um, threat, I just want to remind you that right at the Ukraine uh, invasion, Donald Trump said that Putin was a genius. And then following that, to try to clean it up, he says, no, no, it's not that Putin is a genius. It's that all American politicians are stupid. Well, this is true. Okay? This is true. This is very true. Uh, our politicians are very weak, and they don't think strategically, and they're always – I mean, they're dimwits. They're always looking for a uh, – I remember that. It was a long interview. You know what I mean? I mean, is, is Putin a genius? He just might be. Might be an evil genius. You know, he's been able to stick around for 24 years, Frank. So, uh, you know – and oh, by the way, he wasn't president at the time. You know, you have a little bit more latitude to say stuff when you're not president. Know what I mean? I do believe that the January 6th insurrection emboldened Putin. Oh, uh, yeah, good they... good on you. Good on you, right. How about six months of Black Lives Matter? Huh? What about that? You mean the horns guy? Ooh, look at that. The bike racks. They didn't keep security with bike racks. Bicycle racks. Bicycle racks, Frank. What do you think? Why do you think they let the people inside? You think Putin looked at the uh, the horns guy and said, yep, this is my chance to invade. He looked at Afghanistan, you idiot. Look at Afghanistan. Look at what happened in Afghanistan. It's not some riot. We had 3,000 riots. 3,000 of them. All right, good luck with your theories, Frank. Uh, what's our status? I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, it's me. Hold on a second. Uh, all right, everything's okay. Just got a couple of texts from uh, the family. Ooh, my little girl, Annalise, is. Uh, it looks like it's tea time at, at, at kindergarten. Wow, this looks like one fancy little tea setup. When you're in kindergarten, don't you have, like, little plastic cups? They're looking, this looks like really nice silverware. What is this all about? This is very deluxe. Um. I remember nursery school. It was great. I had it at St. Mark's School in Rockville Center. And uh, one of the things I remember most about it is our requirement was we had to bring in a towel. They called it a resting towel for nap time, for nap time. Uh, all right, let's see here. Mac, you're in Bergen County. Yes. Hey, thanks for having me on. So I was watching your show, and it was cutting out about two weeks ago. And I did some investigating, and I got the, got it to come on on Newsmax. And I realized that what they do is they shorten the bandwidth 
on certain channels, so they make them more difficult to come in, kind of like when the satellite's far away and it sort of fades out while you're watching a certain channel. So they don't want Newsmax on. So they're narrowing the bandwidth, as opposed to, say, the major networks. They have a really wide way of staying on the air. So what you have to do, you let your listeners know, is when you lose it, you've got to get on the back of your cable box and wiggle that cord and make sure that you have a tight connection. I did that at the advice of somebody from Cablevision, uh, and I have Verizon, and I'm not Cablevision, Verizon I have, Fios, and I was able to get your show back on just by doing that. So I keep a pair of pliers handy. When it goes out, I get my pliers out, and I just tighten up that cable connection, and you come in. And that's it. that did it? Really? That sounds so simple. Do it because, you know, you really need they, – they, they take certain channels, and they make them – but the signal's so weak and narrow that without a good connection, you're not getting it. It's pretty sneaky, but I do I do believe they're doing it on purpose. All right. Everybody listen to Mac. If that happens, try that. I don't like that it's happening to begin with. We need all the bandwidth we can get. Myrna in Belmore, you got the same issue? Well, yes, but um, I think they're only doing it to your show because it's not during the day. It's only when your show comes on at 10 p.m. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm being censored. I totally believe it. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't trust anybody in all this. Can you believe that? Why would they do that to me? I'm just some guy on channel 248 saying what he thinks. What's the problem? Why would they, why would they try to give me a hard time about that? Goodness gracious. What have we come to? Hey. If you go to channel 115, it comes in clear. No, it does. So that's why I wanted to let that man know yesterday, yeah. And I believe the guy about the screwdriver and all that, but I'm not going to do that. 115, it's clear. Well, it depends what cable system you got, I guess. 115, it's clear, maybe. Oh, boy. Why can't we be on, like, channel 4? You know what I mean? Like, just right there. Just turn on the TV, and there it is. All right. Thank you, Myrna. Let's see. We've got uh, Corey in Huntington. Yes, Corey. Hey, Greg. Um, so two years ago, I switched to Verizon. I oh, jeez. You too? You too with the cable? It's bothering you too? Yeah. No, I, you hit a chord with me there because I switched to uh, Verizon two years ago because I couldn't get Newsmax or OAN. So all of a sudden I get uh, through Verizon, I'm getting OAN and Newsmax. It's like that goal I watch, you know, it's my thing. And uh, so July 31st, they dropped the OAN channel. And I, it's a blank channel. It says we're unable to negotiate terms with the OAN network. And I'm like, give me a break. It's just because it's conservative. And then if you're, if you're not going to be available, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping Verizon. I'm going to go to uh, – I'm going to stream. I'm 61. I don't like change, but i got to learn how to stream. Well, that's, I hope you can figure it out with the cable understand. thing. I would love it. You know, I, I, I can't believe people can't watch the show on, on Verizon. That's uh, that's crazy. And, you know, we can't count on Fox these days because, you know, Fox plays all kinds of games. Listen to them the other day. This is on uh, uh, yesterday morning, actually. Cut 40. Listen to this. Thank you, guys. Good morning. Nine o'clock in New York. And we've got brand new power news, uh, power rankings from Fox News. Republicans said to be in real good position for the midterms. But for the first time now, Democrats might have a path, might have a path to keep the House, as we say good morning on this Tuesday. And then they come up with their uh, phony baloney political analyst and says, if this happens and that happens, the Democrats could win. Now, number one, they ain't going to win. Not the House. All right. No way. And to but to put that out there, you know what it does? It discourages people. It discourages people from giving money to Republicans. Um, they bend over backwards over there. Some shows I have noticed 
to help Democrats and to hurt Republicans, especially Trump. They're always up to something over there. They can't play it straight, hardly ever. They've got all these weird internal battles and fiefdoms and jealousies. And, you know, that's that's like a lot of life, unfortunately. But I really see it when I watch cable TV at Fox. You know what I mean, Corey? Absolutely. And um, I, I'm just, you know, it's just limited channels for people on the right. And I, I love Newsmax. I love OAN. And I'm paying I'm paying a, a TV service monthly charge. And basically, I'm watching two channels. So I don't, it's not worth it for me anymore. You're going to start cutting. You're going to, if they're going to cut your show out, I, I hope you can make some calls or talk to some people. I will. I will. You know, this keeps coming to my attention. And people say it's like, you know what? It really seems to be directed at your show, Greg. Because they, you know, these are smart people and they know how technology works and these are not. So that concerns me greatly. But, hey, you know what concerns me even more? (laughs) Nuclear war. Don't do it, Vladimir. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, once again, uh, the big news in my personal life, uh, professional life, too, I guess. I am now an author I am now a man of uh, letters, literature. I've always been, well, not really, but uh, I have a book, and it was a real, um, that was a real test, actually, writing it. I'm so glad it's done. Emily Dickinson, I think she once said, nobody likes uh, writing, but they do like having written, and I have written a book, and I did it for all the cops who have been maligned and attacked by the woke mob. I did it for my father. Ray Kelly, the longest serving and best New York City police commissioner in uh, New York history, possibly in all of law enforcement. Um, The name of the book is um, (laughs) Hello, it is Justice for All, Why the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. I almost... I almost went to the other title, Plan B. We switched the title at one point. I don't. I can't say it because it was a little bit controversial. So we went with Justice for All, Why the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And um, I'm very proud of it. Uh, we outline, uh, well, where we are now, but how we got here and what we can do about it. All right? The cancellation, the delegitimization of cops. Can you believe it happened? How? How? How did the good guys suddenly get portrayed as the bad guys? And look at what's happening right now. Law, uh, city council, uh, legislatures across the country making their jobs more difficult every single day. And I have not seen a book yet address any of this stuff, okay? And for our friend up there in Yonkers, I do talk a little bit about January 6th. All right. Just because you're wearing a uniform doesn't necessarily make you a hero. I talk about that. You know, I was in the Marine Corps and there were some great Marines. There were some average Marines and there were some bad Marines. You know, when it gets to a position that if you wear a uniform and we must respect you, we must. We have no choice. Whatever you say goes. No, that's actual fascism. That's fascism. All right. So I have some words in here for uh, the Capitol Hill police and their. Uh, lame attempt at security with bicycle racks and the horrible thing that happened to Ashley Babbitt. We we cover all that. We talk about the cops, though, who have had to endure the insults, the attacks on the streets. They did not deserve it. They were all sold. The Black Lives Matter idiots. I'm talking about the people who joined that movement casually. The ones who started it, they're evil. 
All right. But the ones who just thought, oh, yeah, wow, this sounds cool. Black Lives Matter. You know, we're bored. It's a it's been a pretty rough pandemic. Let's let's march. Let's we're getting sick of we don't have anything to put on our Instagram feed. Let's let's take some pictures. Yeah. Those people were sold a bunch of lies. They don't know what they're part of. They don't know how evil it is. They don't know about the socialist under underpinnings of it all. And they really don't know about Barack Obama's orchestration of so much of this. And he did it for political power. He did it for his own personal brand. He did it for money. So, again, justice for all, why the woke left is wrong about law enforcement, available wherever. Well, you can pre-order it, okay? The book is actually not going to be in your hot little hands until January or in your Kindle. I am now making a pledge. I don't want to read on Kindles anymore or uh, iPads or anything like that. I am just going to do. How did I write it, by the way? Uh, Weekends, a lot of weekends. Uh, At first I tried, okay, I'm going to do two hours a day. And that just became so undoable. All right. I was doing about 45 minutes a day. And that actually, you know, by the time you get in the zone, it was time to put it down. So uh, weekends, weekends, Saturdays and Sundays. It was it was murder at times, to be honest. It was um, a lot of research, um, also a lot of noodling with sentences. You know, when you, you know, talk all day long, but when you actually write something that someone is going to scrutinize with their eyes, it actually makes it. It's different. It's not. It's it's hard in a different type of way. So I had to make sure, and you also have to anticipate. The criticism, not too much. You can get trapped in a in a loop. You can get trapped in something if you worry too much about what the critics might say. Um, oh, well, that's something Don Lemon should think about, what the critics might say. <laughs> so Don Lemon has been pushing reparations for everybody, right? And he doesn't like that royal family. Don Lemon is a very nice guy and a pretty good broadcaster. Before he went totally woke and weird and uh, Trump derangement crazy, but now that he's those things, you know, what do they love? They love reparations, and they hate the grandeur of the royal family. And if you're a person of color especially, oh, there's nothing that feels better than sitting on TV and trying to talk about, oh, yes, how the world owes people of color reparations for, in this case, colonialism. Colonialism, right? So they ran this one by uh, the wrong historian, <laughs> one who knew her stuff. You ready? Cut 42. Those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism and they're wondering, you know, $100 billion, $24 billion here and there, $500 million there. Some people want to be paid back and, uh, and members of the public are wondering, why are we suffering when you are, you know, you have all of this vast wealth? Those are legitimate concerns. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it, though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? That was in Africa, and when across the entire world, when slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished uh, slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce, was the British. In in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages, waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages. Absolutely. That's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died in the high seas 
trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. It's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll get rid of this guest right away. Oh, my God. Wow, what a truth bomb. You know, I must say, I not really considered that. Uh, look, slavery was awful. It was awful also a long time ago, and we fought a civil war. And, yeah, the Brits, however, they get they get very sensitive about it, understandably so. All right? Now, number one, apparently they ended slavery way before we did. I think she just said that. And I never considered this. And I guess, however, if you look up Alex Haley Roots, if you actually read the book, and nobody ever did, I vaguely remember the miniseries with LeVar Burton, by the way, um, African rulers, all right, were in charge of rounding up their own people and selling them to Europeans or American colonists. How about that, huh? How about that? Is that kind of overlooked in all of this? I think it is. I haven't heard anybody mention that until... uh uh, well, Hillary Fordwich, I know I heard it once before and I've seen artwork, you know, historic artwork um, that that uh, commemorates that. But that's kind of that's kind of serious, don't you think? And doesn't that put the brakes on reparations? I don't think uh, he's going to bring it up anytime soon. Now, you Michelle Cinder and uh, who's that crazy one from The New York Times? They'll they'll try to say how racist that is, how racist. By the way, you heard about the drainage situation in uh, Mississippi. We have that. Uh, this is the poor people throughout the country, some of them like Flint, Michigan, Jackson, Mississippi, no water, no water to drink, uh, bad water in their communities. Now, uh, there are some people, not all, but some who are saying, well, this is this is obviously the result of racism and what they don't ever point out. And I'm curious if they do here because it's MSNBC and you never know, but uh that these municipalities, the ones that have been most affected, are almost invariably run by Democrats, far-left Democrats, and at least in Jackson and in Flint, I believe the majority of the office holders are black and have been black for a long time. But let's see how they break it down, shall we? Well, it's such a critical investigation. A few months ago, I did a story about Lowndes County, Alabama, which is a majority black community. People there have raw sewage pooling in their yards and coming out of their showers. In some cases, um, many people told me they felt trapped because many can't afford to move. And experts told me that this is a situation that is a blatant case of environmental racism. Now, the DOJ is still investigating that case. And Clark told me she understands that the DOJ needs to, quote, have an approach and work with urgency. Um, Kim also added... Uh, the other assistant attorney general said that the DOJ recognized that there is a legacy of injustice in many of the communities. And you see just in those pictures the sort of hard um, realities that people are being forced to live in. A lot of people saying that they're that they're really suffering. Um, in the meantime, the DOJ is also looking into another. She, she said environmental racism, right? Um, no, that's not exactly. I just boy, racism, environmental racism. Is that a new one? Have you heard that? Um. All right. Hold on. Man, Joe Biden is taking his time. He is still at the United Nations. I am anticipating him coming right by right by my window. And the last time I had to let Brandon know how, just how much I'm rooting for Brandon. OK, and we'll see if it happens again this time. Uh, did you get the other clip? The other. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. This is a. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, you know, every time Joe Biden opens his mouth, the uh, entire administration has to backpedal and correct everything he said. And I think that happens here. This is Corrine Jean-Pierre, 
uh, officially the press secretary, but not really anymore. Uh, go ahead, please. Also in the 60 Minutes interview said that the pandemic is over. There's been quite a bit of pushback to that uh, statement by the president. Where is he today on that? So uh, just to step back for a second, what we saw during that interview, uh, 60 minute interview, when he made those comments, he was walking through uh, the the Detroit uh, car show, the halls of the Detroit car show, and he was looking around. We have to remember the last time that they had held that event was three years ago. Even as we're talking about Unga, the president's going to speak shortly, as I just mentioned, we that hasn't been held in, in person for about three Three years as well. So we are in a different time. He's been very consistent about that. And the reason why is because we are now prepared. We are now ready. We know how to deal with uh, this pandemic. It is now m- more manageable. It's not as disruptive as it's been uh, in the prior in the prior years. And so and it is because of what this president has done on day one. If you think about where what we the were, hell is she talking about? Isn't she supposed to be clarifying? <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows whatsoever. All right. Uh, no, no. Ooh. So who listens to podcasts? Hopefully you don't. All right. Podcasts sometimes gives us give us a run for our money, uh, but they some of them are good. Some of them are very bad, very boring. But somehow, if it's in podcast form, no matter how boring it is, people think, well, this must be good. And they investigate some obscure crime you never heard of from 1985 in some nowhere place like, you know, Idaho Falls. And 17-year-old Jeremiah Johnson was just minding his own business when the sheriff came in and said, You, son, are a murderer. This podcast, in 27 episodes, will tell the story of Jeremiah Johnson, who remains on Idaho death row. And <laughs> All right, so that's, that's like 90% of all podcasts. Uh, including uh, the one I'm about to uh, talk about. It's called Serial. 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 And it's a bunch of episodes. I actually listened to this back in 2014. It was somewhat entertaining. It was the story of uh, this young woman named Hay. H-A-E. I believe she's of Vietnamese or Korean descent. I'm not sure. But uh, she was living in suburban Baltimore. And she was dating some guy. They were in high school. His name was Adnan. And one day she goes missing. She turns up dead, strangled, and uh, the police arrested Adnan, Adnan Sayed, and he was convicted and he went to jail. Uh, The other day he was released, okay, because the judge, I think the judge got woke, all right, and said, oh, this podcast tells me he's innocent. Well, he's not innocent, and I've got the proof. I've got the proof that he actually did it, all right? Stay with me. And if you ever want to really infuriate a liberal, just tell him, oh, yeah, I listened to Serial. Adnan Sayed, he did it. Oh, yeah, no, he's totally guilty. They will lose their minds, but you'll be right. I'll show you how. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, yes, podcasts, podcasts, podcasts. I shouldn't make fun of them too much. I have a podcast, gregkellypodcast.com. You can check it out. But uh, do me a favor, that serial theme music, does anybody, you can't get it? All right. So it has like, it's kind of sounded like the Twilight Zone. So they did 27 episodes on this guy who uh, who killed his girlfriend. And I do believe he killed the girlfriend in 1999. He gets convicted. No trial is perfect. Okay. No trial is perfect. Uh, there's always a mistake. There's always something that goes wrong. It's just, it always happens. But they take every little mistake and say, you see, he must be innocent. 
he he must be innocent. I mean, that's the heavily it's 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 all slanted that way. Now, what you're about to hear is the host of this podcast. All right. Now, why do I talk about this now? Because Adnan Syed has just been freed from jail. They 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 vacated the verdict means they could try him again, but it's very unlikely. All right. So and, and the fake news, they love it. In part, all right, I'm sorry, but this has a big chunk to do with it because most of these podcasts, what they really like, what they, when it comes to exonerating people, what they really like exonerating, quote-unquote exonerating, people of color. And if it's a person of color who's a Muslim, that's, uh, that's, even, that's even better, okay? I, I try to take it as they come. It doesn't matter. Those things don't matter. But the woke left, they just love it. They just love it when they can wrap this all into one. And they like it that this murderer is walking the streets. Cut 43. The story is remarkable. This this twist now just as remarkable. How did this all happen? Yeah, it's absolutely stunning because Adnan Said has maintained his innocence for more than 20 years. A stunning development in the case of Anand Syed. Featured on the popular podcast Serial, he is getting a taste of freedom after 23 years behind bars. It's surreal. Uh, but I can't wait. I can't wait for my children to meet un- their uncle Adnan, and I can't wait for the world to meet him. He's really an extraordinary, wonderful human being. Yeah, I'd stay the hell away from this guy because he's got a temper and he killed a girl. All right, he's not innocent, uh, and I know it from the podcast itself, and so will you. All right, so it goes on for twenty-seven episodes, and what happens is the host falls in love with this guy. Okay, jailhouse interviews. He's on the phone. You're going to hear. Uh, this woman talking to her. Now, you got to remember this. It's right around college graduate, uh, high school graduation, okay? She goes missing one night, and she's killed. That's why she's missing. All of her friends are worried sick, and they call her cell phone, and they page her. Back then in 1999, people had pagers. They're paging her left and right. Guess who doesn't page her? Guess who doesn't call? The boyfriend. Guess why? Because he knows she's dead, okay? And that is... Little thing, that awkward piece of information emerges here, all right? It's buried in the middle of the episode seven of a 27-episode podcast. Here we go. Cut 44. Remember, the guy who did it is in jail, and he's on the phone talking to the lady at the podcast center. Cut 44. Here's something that makes me pause, though. If you look at his cell records from that day forward, neither Hay's home number nor her pager shows up again which suggests he never tried to contact her after she went missing. They were supposedly such good friends. His friend Aisha said she was paging her like crazy. Did you ever try to page her and just be like, like, you know, see if you could find her, raise her, see if you could get a response from her? Well, I know that we would always, I I can't remember if I did page her or not, but we would always talk about it in school. I would always like get my information firsthand from like Aisha who would usually be in contact with, uh, I mean, I, I, if I can remember, she was, like, in contact with Hayes' family. So it was kind of like I would always, if not Aisha or Krista or, or, or it, it, I mean, it wasn't like I was just sitting around, like, not even thinking about her, you know, not paging her or whatever, but I used to always get my information from them firsthand. Uh, okay, you were thinking about her. It's not like I was sitting around not paging her. No, that's the whole point. You weren't paging her. We have records of that, Okay. And she's, to her credit, she says it, but she likes him, so she's not that tough on him. You'll notice here. Ready? Uh, cut 45. I know Krista was trying to page her. I know Aisha was trying to page her during this time to just be like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And I was wondering if you had, were in that group of like, where are you? 
were you asking me a question? I don't know. I'm just explaining why I'm a a asking the qu I'm explaining why I'm asking the question. <laughs> Is that it seems <laughs> like from the relationship you had with her, you would have been one of those people saying, "Hey, no, hey, I'm, hey, I'm, like give 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 a holler where are you okay?" All right. And then and then there's all kind of gibberish and double talk. Cut 46. No. But no, I mean, I'm right alongside with them, though. It's not like they're in a whole... I mean, we're all seeing each other every day. We're talking about it. Yeah. It's not like, you know... I mean, it's not like I'm just sitting there, you know, like, whenever Hay comes up in a conversation, I'm leaving, going to another side of the classroom or something like that. I mean, I'm just as involved as they are. Yeah. With, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't, you know... I, right. You did it, pal. You did it. You didn't tip, you didn't page her, you didn't call her because you knew she was dead. And we know that you stuck you stuck around because that was part of your plan. Whenever she comes up, you're not gonna walk away. Isn't that amazing? All right. Again, if my brother goes missing, right? Uh if he just like disappears, uh, it, but his phone is still ring I'm gonna call him, right? I'm gonna call him, I'm gonna call him, I'm gonna call him, I'm gonna call him. Let's say uh, somebody else, <laughs> you know, talks to him every day. Uh, who, uh, do I have any theoretical people? I don't want to even go there. But let's, if somebody, I, I can't use my brother. It's too close. But you know what I mean here, all right? He knew. Did you hear that big pause, that, that moment of silence? Duh. He didn't say anything. Can I play that one more thing? What? Cut 45. Cut 45. I know Krista was trying to page her. I know Aisha was trying to page her during this time to just be like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And I was wondering if you had... We're in that group of like, where are you? Dead silence. Listen, listen. Will you ask me a question? Yes, we're asking know. you a question. <laughs> Why didn't you? Because she knew she was dead. I'm sorry, you belong in jail. Cereal was a fraud. I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, I don't know. Is it worth it? Is it beneath me? Is it beneath me and my station in life to go outside when Joe Biden and his limo comes by and to heckle him? When I put it like that, maybe it is. <laughs> right? Maybe it is. Maybe. Um, I don't know about the optics on that one. I love to yell and scream my head off, but maybe maybe I'm getting to the point. I mean, look, I have children, right? Maybe I, maybe I can't. Do, not that I'm afraid, mind you, and I would love to do it, but maybe it's just. Uh, let me know if you have any thoughts on that. Okay, hey, um, one guy we got to keep our eye on is Hakeem Jeffries. He's a Democrat from Brooklyn. He's a congressman. He desperately wants to be. Uh, well, he wants to be a big shot, and uh, he may be the speaker someday. I'm expecting the Republicans to take over, so it's not going to happen for a long time. But um, look at this guy throw around the horrible accusations and insults, right? What did Abbott and DeSantis do? He didn't put these guys in the back of uh, uh, trucks, you know, 110-degree heat. He didn't let them drown in the Rio Grande. No, Joe Biden did all that stuff. He encouraged that. Hakeem Jeffries has got quite a smart mouth on him, huh? Cut 31. Well, the behavior of individuals like 
Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott is radical, reckless, regressive, and reprehensible. They should start behaving like governors and stop behaving like human traffickers. They are putting politics over people in the most egregious way possible. Wow. Egregious way possible. Radical, regressive, reprehensible. What did they do? They gave him they gave him a trip on a plane. As I understand it, there was food and drink on that plane. Some of them got a ride on a coach bus. Food and drink on the bus. What's the big deal? Look at Joe Biden urging everybody to surge the border no matter where you are. Come, come, come. You could die on the way, but you should come. This was his this is when he was desperately working for the woke left, trying to woo them back when he was running, trying to run away from his past as a somewhat moderate guy. Cut 32. What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. Uh, that is reprehensible. That's regressive. That's egregious. All right. That guy, the biggest human coyote ever. He brought on this crisis. He did it. He wants it. He wants it. Borderless uh, society. That's a big one with George Zoros. Open border. Zoros. Zoros. Open borders. Free, cheap labor. What's his name? Uh, George W. Bush was not exactly much better when it came to that stuff either, by the way. More on him another time. Um, Biden is, uh, well, anyway, enough about him. Hey, Eric Adams just loves all this stuff. Why? He doesn't have to work. He can go on, uh, let's see, CNN with Jake Tapper, cut 36. Out to the El Paso uh, mayor, as well as our team attempted to reach out to Governor Abbott. Oh wow, uh, your team—you couldn't get Governor Abbott on the phone. What kind of? What kind of how about cut thirty-six? What happened there? Show me the money. Ooh. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. We deserve more money. We deserve to be paid for the job we're doing. Senator Adams. I believe you've made your point in the two minutes. How do you vote? I deserve a raise. I deserves a raise. <laughs> That's that was his big contribution in all of his years of um, adulthood. That's what he's going to go down. I really, I think so. That and uh, rank choice voting. Can anybody explain rank choice voting to me? All right, except you, Frank Morano. All right, I understand he's an expert in the subject. People have tried. I cannot understand it. Nobody can understand it. And when nobody can understand it, it's anti-democratic and it needs to be eradicated fast, real fast. We got a real problem, everybody. Uh, I'm going to mention my book one more time. I won't be obnoxious about it. I notice those people on Fox News, they can't stop talking about their Fox News books. But look, I got to take my uh, I got to I got to from time to time. I got to take care of the brand, the personal brand, the brand. A lot of people talk about their brand all the time. They don't worry they don't they don't think enough about what the brand is going to be put on. We talked about this. Remember, a brand isn't a brand like it's that it's a metal thing that has your logo on it and you put it in the fire and then I think you put it on the side of a cow 
or you put it on the hoof of the cow or something like that, and you brand it. It's like yours. Everybody knows it's yours. Um, But the thing is, everybody's worried about that silly brand. They're not worried about the cow. First, you have to have a cow to brand. You got to have something that you believe in that's worthwhile that you did and you invested in. And I invested in this book. So it's a new book by me, Greg Kelly. It's called Justice for All, How the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And uh, it is a tribute to cops everywhere, those who have been maligned and attacked by the woke mob. And it's in defense of them. It's a discussion about how we got here, about how Barack Obama lied to us and then became this. He was supposed to be post-racial. He was supposed to be, you know, this great big unifier. He created, he exacerbated racial divisions in this country. Oh, boy, did he. And I documented every step of the way and his cynical motivations, okay, for power, for prestige, for money. Started very early in his administration, always taking the side against the cops. Very unnecessary and prejudicial and inflammatory comments that help get us to where we are right now. And Black Lives Matter was actually founded in an effort to emotionalize the black community to get them all fired up about Trayvon Martin and other cases. Why did they do that? Because Barack Obama's support in the black community was taking a big dip. Once he became president, a lot of folks had a lot of hope, but he was really more into himself than working hard and getting things done and improving people's lives. And black folks started to notice that real quick. And his numbers started to go down. Presto Changeo, Black Lives Matter shows up trying to get everybody ginned up about uh, phony baloney race issues with law enforcement. And then it became not so phony baloney anymore. Now we have a real problem in America. We talked it into existence. It's such a shame. It really is. And it was all unnecessary. And here we are. Uh, people like Bill de Blasio took those cues and ran with them. Hey, you know who I take a big shot at in this book who deserves it? Bill Bratton. All right? You, the next time you smell smoke, uh, marijuana smoke in Manhattan, you have Bill Bratton to thank for that, okay? The dummy with that big, goofy, phony smile stands up there with a great big bag of marijuana and says, this is how much you can carry in New York. You are allowed to carry around with you a bag of marijuana. Enough to uh, keep a high school football team uh, high as a kite for the summer. I don't know why I said football team. Those guys basically live, live clean lives. Right, Eddie? Eddie in New Jersey, hello? Hi, Greg. Enjoy the show, and congratulations on both your book and your daughter's first day in nursery school. Thank you, sir. Um, what I have is a workaround or a solution for those who are having difficulty receiving Newsmax uh, through cable. Not a fan of cable companies to begin with, especially if they're getting into censorship. Um, your earlier caller who mentioned streaming was on the right track. Um, so anyone could download the Pluto has in the planet TV app, and they have a grid of all the stations that they broadcast. It's a free app. Uh, there's a category for news and opinion on which you can see Newsmax, OAN, First TV, etc. So that's my suggestion to. Uh, it's free. You can watch all those shows for free. Bingo, sir. On Pluto TV. Huh? I'm going to check that out. What else? It's an app. 
Yes, sir. All right. Uh, we'll check it out. Hey, Eddie, thanks for everything. Uh, definitely going to make that happen. Vic in Cherry Ridge, Pennsylvania. I hope you're voting for Dr. Oz. Not that I'm endorsing anybody formally. Uh, Vic, what's the story? Of course. I'm even going to campaign for him. Uh, you know what scares me? That Putin might might be terminal cancer. And, uh, you know, this might be his uh, his his uh, infamous. Make him infamous. Let, let's uh, let's uh, send the nuclear uh, warhead. And you know what scares me even worse than that is the guys that are running the country. Obama's puppets and uh, Brandon. We're in deep trouble. We are in trouble. Now, you made me think of something, though, with Putin. All right. He's already infamous. Let's face it. He's an infamous character. But while you were saying that, and does he want to go out in some sort of blaze of glory? I mean, this is not glorious. He'd go down um, ignominiously. I mean, this would be the worst thing he could possibly do. But I remember when Gorbachev died, what, about uh, five, six weeks ago? Remember that? Uh, So Gorbachev is lying in state, and in walks Putin. And the cameras are rolling, and he has a moment alone with Putin in this big—that wasn't a church. I guess it was like their, their equivalent of the Capitol building. And he's looking at him, and he's standing there next to the coffin. And you know what he did just as he wrapped up? He made the sign of the cross. On some level, this guy just might be a Christian. So maybe, just maybe, he's not, uh, he's not altogether evil. Just maybe there's some decency in him, and he won't pull the trigger, you know? Uh, did you notice that? Did anybody notice that? Vic, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Uh, interesting, Vic. I appreciate it. Let's do one more. Glenn in Hillside. Yes, sir. Hi, Greg. Uh, always enjoy your uh, and relish your take on a lot of different comments. Oh, if, if you want to go out and uh, and heckle Joe Biden, hey, Donald Trump would do the same thing. You know, it's sophomoric. You know, it's but, it's uh, sophomoric. Yeah. Well, juvenile. yes, I know what that means. But you're encouraging me to do it. You're encouraging me to do it? Hey, Donald Trump would? No, I don't think he would. Do you think he would go out and and to to Joe Biden's motorcade and, you know, uh, make faces? No, he's not going to do that. And now that I now that you put it like that, uh, I don't think I'm going to do that either. I mean, come on. It's a you know, he can come up here. I'll give him a hard time face to face. I'm not going to go out there. Glenn, I have a feeling you're trying to put me up to something. I have a feeling you. I have a feeling you're trying to. Uh, you're up to something. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to do that. Thank you. Thank you. You help me clarify it. I'm not going to do it. Um, no. Boy, it was fun the last time though. It really was. I didn't go outside, but I yelled my head off from inside to the point that he heard me. Hey. Uh, well, no big deal. We just sent an astronaut into outer space on a Russian spaceship. Whatever happened to that rocket we were supposed to send to the moon? Couldn't get it together, huh? What is up with America? Too many of us are looking at our social media feeds. We can't do what we did all the way back in 1968. Actually, yeah, even earlier than that, we were sending unmanned probes to the moon. We were sending unmanned probes to the moon in 1963, I think. Ay, 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 ay. What is the holdup? I want to get to the moon. Uh, All right, give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Hey, this Charlemagne guy, uh, I'm not that familiar, but the more I hear about him, the more I like him. I'm not that crazy about his <laughs> his last name, to God, give me a break. What does that mean? But I've seen now Charlemagne stand up and give it to Kamala Harris, uh, stand up and give it to Joe Biden. And the guy is there's a there's an element of fairness to him. And uh, I've seen him be pretty funny before. So here he is. Does he have a show on Comedy Central, too? All right. Charlemagne, who's you know probably the biggest DJ uh, in the world right now, right up there with uh, who? Howard Stern, Ryan Seacrest, Mark Simone. Cut 21, please. For months, Republican governors have sent busloads of illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities like New York, D.C., and Chicago with the message of, if you like them so much, they're yours, okay? Well, just in time for Hispanic Heritage Month, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis upped the game by sending two plane folds of immigrants to the East Coast elite's favorite vacation island, Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. I personally think it's genius. But I wish that governors like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott would give Democratic governors and mayors more of a heads up, because then that would expose the hypocrisy of the Democrats, which is they don't want immigrants here either. Mm, All right. Faster and funnier, Charlemagne. It was okay, Not exactly a laugh out loud. He wanted to give them more of a heads up. I don't know. Do you need does the. Does the governor of a state need a heads up that 10 people will be arriving tomorrow at four o'clock? I mean, right? Does, does, is that how it works? I don't know. But look, you you got the heads up now. It's happening. It's really happening. This is America. This is one country. It is every bit. I would like to see it. Every bit Massachusetts problem as it is Texas. And uh, DeSantis was right. The other stuff, the other stuff that nobody notices, that those uh, the beautiful people in Martha's Vineyard don't give a damn about. Are you ready? Cut 30. When Biden is flying these people all over the fruited plane in the middle of the night, I didn't hear a peep out of those people, okay? I didn't hear a peep. I haven't heard a peep about all the people that have been told by Biden you can just come in and they're going, they're being abused by the cartels, they're drowning in the Rio Grande. You had 50 that died in some shed in Texas. I heard no outrage about any of that. Uh, I haven't heard outrage about all the fentanyl that's come across the border that's killing Americans in record numbers. I don't hear, I don't hear outrage about the criminal aliens that have gotten through and have then victimized people, not only in Florida, but all throughout the country. I didn't hear any outrage about that. The only thing I hear them getting upset about is you have 50 that end up in Martha's Vineyard. Then they get really upset. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, DeSantis, we love him. He's fantastic. Hey, how about outrage over the Axeman? The Axeman is still out there. What's his name again? Michael Palacios. Michael Palacios. And he only has the Axe. In moments where I might need one to confront a driver who I do not like. Otherwise, I never go to the axe. Okay, then. Uh, So there is outrage all over the place. I mean, you see it. A guy running around terrorizing people with an axe. So here's Governor Hochul, right? Really has got her finger on the pulse. She's going to express our outrage and really get something done about it, right? No. Cut 25. Many players in a criminal justice system, starting with the arresting officers who determine what charge to bring, as well as a district attorney 
who will decide whether or not to stay with that course or to have an upcharge uh-huh. from what is recommended. We're actually asking what the thought process was in the decisions that were just made. Right. Because we have a question about it, because they have the discretion hmm. to uh, charge uh, in a different way that would make them bail eligible. I swear she reminds me of this woman, the public information officer at the Nassau County Court System. Uh, not the one now. I'm talking about back when I was in sixth grade. We took a field trip from Stewart School, which was only about two miles away, a mile away, to the courthouse. And we actually watched a little bit of a trial. And this lady came in and told us, you know, how it all works. And she sounded just like that. And talking to us like we're, uh, we're grade schoolers, which we were at the time. But we're not anymore. We can handle the truth. She can't. She cannot. Now, Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin has promised. Congressman Zeldin, candidate for governor, serious man, Iraq War veteran. He has a real chance of being the first person to take the governorship in New York away from a Democrat. It hasn't happened since 1994. It's got to happen. I mean, look at this place. Look at what's going on. And look at that toothy airhead with the hair and the... I'm sorry, she is an ice... She's like a mannequin. She's just... Like, so robotic. So I found these pictures of her online. Not those kinds of pictures, but just regular pictures. But she, she like, hired a photographer. They're all, like, glamour shots, right? Beauty shots. You know, she's posing like this. She's posing like And she's in it for the wrong reason. She's in it for the perks, the prestige, uh, that kind of stuff. Not even, like, there's power there. What the hell? Use it. You're only going to be governor once. Your time's probably going to be up in a couple of months. Get the, just do it. Do it. So many people, they're afraid of doing anything because they'll be criticized. I tell you what, well, it's too late now. The damage is already done. She wants to now get inside the head of Alvin Bragg. Well, look at his silly memo that he released on January 1st. That's all the knowledge you need about Alvin Bragg. He is a maniac. The district attorney for New York County, Manhattan, is an anti-cop maniac who is putting us all at risk. He has emboldened the criminals. He's on their side. You have the power to fire him. Don't be like Andrew Cuomo. Remember Cuomo, Andrew? During um, the early stages of COVID, and what's his name? Uh, De Blasio, and he was screwing everything up. And Cuomo did that whole big phony dance. Could I fire the governor? Could I fire the mayor? Yes. Will I fire the mayor? Maybe. Could I? Should I? Would I? We'll see. He should have done it. He really should have done it. You know, when you got a cannon, every now and then you got to fire it. All right. I don't know who told me that, but when you've got something at your disposal, every now and then you got to you got to remind people that you're there, that you got this. All right. Anyway, too late for you, Kathy. We already know. We already figured you out. You're just uh, you're just a. Stick figure, really. You're just kind of, um, you know, back to Buffalo with you. All right. I got to get ready for the Newsmax show. It's on tonight at 10 o'clock. And as you know, it seems like they're trying to censor us, cancel us, uh, playing all kinds of games there technologically, the cable companies, who knows what. I'm getting constant reports of people not being able to see the show. Do what that guy said, Eddie, I think. Uh, Try the connection in the back. Maybe that would work. Call your cable company. Call the FCC. Uh, and with that, 
who's been on hold the longest? Uh, shoot, all the numbers went back to zero. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Tony for I think uh, Tony. Tony, what's up? Hey, how are you? You know, I've been kind of like you with all this Kathy Hochul. I call her the gang- gangster mall. I worked in the city in New York, and New York's bad news. But the one thing that makes me laugh when I talk about Kathy, and that's not what I call, because I call her like the gangster's mall now. It's really a shame, you know, what's happened to New York, because I've seen it in better days um, with with our mayor when we had, you know, a better team there. Yeah, but why did you really call? <laughs> I called because I just wanted to say that with all the bad news, news that's going on, what really gives me a chuckle is this whole thing about the king. The king is someone, king of England, who surprisingly, it's very tense with everything that's happening in the world. But when I look at what's happening with him, I have to laugh because he is a nut. He's a nut. Who knows? Who cares? We can. We don't have to think about him for a long time. King Charles. Good luck. Good luck to the king. Uh, we got other things to worry about. Hey, nuclear. It's not going to happen, but we got to buy water, bottled water. I'll see you tonight at Newsmax at 10 o'clock. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.